glad you are availing yourselves to the powerful message provided by Wisdom Connection, the media ministry of Wisdom International Network Ministries, where individuals have been helped to shape their future to fulfill their God-given destinies. We pray that ensuing message will enable you to find fulfillment in life. Now let's receive the message. Ladies and gentlemen, today we're talking about claiming the promises. Claiming the promises. Promises are words given that builds trust, and that trust will not be broken. It shouldn't be broken because when you give your word, your word should be as strong a conviction as you are. So it's important never to promise at all or to promise and not live up to that promise. We already started talking about promises by first backtracking and building a covenant. A covenant is very, very key to the subject of promise because promises cannot go without first there's a covenant relationship. And this generation has just a big fish to fry because we are living in a generation that the Bible calls covenant breakers. When you go to Timothy, Paul said in the last days there will be truth breakers. Truth. Truth means that we've agreed to start fighting. But we turn around and we're still fighting. Mm -hmm. See, when people don't understand covenant, they don't apply themselves to promises. And promises are not just words to throw around, but promises come as a result of having a, an agreement or a covenant with somebody and sealing that covenant agreement with a promise. It's very, very important. In the Old Testament, with God... Um, gave promises to the children of Israel and gave them conditions to follow. We call some Ten Commandments, there are more than ten. Because, you see, God wants to make sure that they realize how fallible and weak they are if they want to relate to an infallible and a divine God. A God in whom there is no shadow of turning, there is no evil. So when they waited and Moses came back and Moses was telling them these are the conditions of the testament, these are the conditions of the covenant, these are the conditions, and mortal as they were, they said all that God has said we will do. Go and read Exodus. Little did they know God was testing their hearts. He was not tempting them. He's testing their hearts to realize that without him they can't do anything. And guess what? The moment the old covenant was established, they realized how sinful they were rather than how righteous they were. But God was using that as a prototype to show them the new. So now we're going into scripture. I want you to see Jeremiah. Is Jeremiah here? <laughs> yes, let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah 31. I want a very good reader to read for me and read both. Glory to God. This was some of the few scriptures I memorized and studied when I became newly born again. Because I wanted to have a relationship with God rather than to have a religious experience with God. 
So in Jeremiah 31 from verse 31, the Bible says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Did you see that over there? Yeah. It says the day is coming. The God is prophesying into the future. It says, Behold, look, a new day is going to dawn, saith God, that I will make a new agreement. A new, I'll make a new covenant relationship with my people. And the study two says, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt with my covenant, they did what? They broke. Although I was a husband unto them, prototype, God is calling himself a husband to a human race. Is a type and a shadow. And said the Lord, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, said the Lord, I will put, read with me, I will put in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God and they be my people. You see, so in this new covenant that God is cutting with his people, the laws are not on tablets, but they are on the hearts of men. Amen. The laws are on the heart of man. That anything you do that goes against your conscience is stronger than reading a dogma and a religious book. Are you getting what I'm saying? God has put everything now inside of us. That when we go against God's ordinances, God checks us by our conscience. In Hebrews, Paul was telling them that they might cleanse their conscience with the blood of Jesus from dead works. Dead works means you're working your own way of what? Righteousness. It's important for us to understand that in this new covenant, the mediator of the covenant itself was God. He sent his son, born of a woman, made under the law to do what? To deliver us from the law which Moses and the then children of Israel established with God. Now it's free for all. The door is open. In this new covenant, Hebrews 8, 6, you can read, it says that it's a new covenant with better promises. And that's where I'm going with that. You see, the Old Testament came with promises. But this one is better than the Old Testament because in this case and in this instant, God himself has established the covenant. He lived under those old covenants which were impossible to live by and the Bible says that he was, no, he was found without no fault, no sin. So he established this new, already signed, sealed, and delivered. You see, if you're a child of God and you don't understand this, then you might think that everything you need from God should be like winning a World Cup. Hmm. Fast and pray for days and days. On end. Yes, there's a place for fasting and prayer, but when it comes to the principles of God, I want to free you to understand that you're entitled to every promise God has given to you in His Word. Paul put it this way. He says the promises of God in him, not outside him. 
Some of you manipulate stuff to say God did it. No, stop doing that. The promises of God, as long as you are in relationship with the Christ, the Bible says, "Ah, yes, yes, and yes." Amen. Yea and amen in the old translation simply means that when God gives you a promise, He puts a stamp on it, and He will make sure that when you walk in the promise, it will be yes for you, and yes for you, and yes for you until see yes happen. Amen, amen. Because you see, God is not a man to change his mind. I can tell you I'm coming. Something will happen and I will not make it. You see, but honestly, sincere people will call you higher time to tell you. You know what? I can't make it. But that shows up our ability. But God will tell you he's coming and he's not telling you he's coming because he knows he's going to take the step to come. He's already been there when he was telling you he's coming. So until you can mature to understand your relationship with him, when he says he's coming, he's already there. That's the kind of God we said. So this new covenant is established on better promises. Say better. better. What would you like? Good or better? better. The Old Testament was good whilst it was good. But now God has brought us to a covenant that is better. And his promises are more quicker and sharper and active. Hebrews 4.12 the word of God is sharper and what? Quicker than any to a sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joint and of the marrows. And the Bible says that there is no creature that is not open on the sight of the word that God gave you. So it means that when God speaks to you, there are other creatures looking into the promises. The book of Peter says that when God gave humanity his promise, the angels is in heaven, sat in heaven, and watched and wondered how he was able to give us such promise and was amazed how we live the life of God here on earth, looking at how difficult it is for humanity to relate to divinity. Mm. I came to set you free. Learn to claim the promises of God. All human thinking doesn't work. When I'm teaching subjects like this, I'm always tempted to be long-winded by giving you testimonies about my personal life. Not a book I read. Not somebody's story they told. But my own personal life, how God picked me when I was useless and hopeless. And it's made my life meaningful after now. You see, you must track your own success in life. Amen. We're quickly, you know, prone to look at our failures and discouraging ourselves. But I've grown enough to come to a place to understand that life is undulating. It's ups and downs. But if you can sit quietly and look at how far God has brought you, you can realize how powerful your God is. Amen. A lot of believers are backsliding. I know why. Because they are judging their success based on somebody else's success. Mm. If you grew up from a place that the ground has been dug 12 feet under, the grandfather couldn't come up. The mother couldn't come up. And you're starting, let me tell you something, you have a big fish to fry. Yes. You have to make a request to make sure that if you don't even build a platform, you get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. To a level ground. It's success in itself. Yes. Because your great, great, great grandfather started from the hole. Mm-hmm. 
So when you're able to come out of that level, your children will make it. You know why? Because God has used you to come out of that hole. The rest becomes history. Let me tell you, don't look at somebody else's life and determine your future by that. Your future in the hands of God is already established. He's made you promises upon promises upon promises. Your mind hasn't even conceived it yet. But every covenant relationship must be established with a promise. Mm. One of them, I can quote it to you right now. It says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you become so decombobulated and confused and a little uncertain about how your future looks, do you trust that promise? It's a promise. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So it means that in good times and bad times, God still loves you and is still there with you. Amen. He's a God that sticks closer than a brother. A friend that's this close is the friend that loves at all times. Your friends will walk away, away from you based on a mere rumor, but you can trust his friendship. Abraham gave his life to him and he became the friend of God. I'm talking about a God who has no restrictions, a God who gives us a long road to live a very peaceful and enjoyable life and make mistakes and learn out of it and correct them to become better people. I'm not talking about a God who is putting restriction on your life and is only and is always putting fear in you. Fear restricts, you know. Fear restricts. I have two words I work very carefully with and I try not to allow them to enslave my life. Fear and the spirit of inadequacy. Most of you take that for granted. Because I've seen a lot of gifted people who are not making anything out of their life because they don't feel adequate enough. Mm. And there are a lot of gifted people, powerful people, who are sitting behind the fence because they are afraid of what is. Mm. What if, if I take the step, I'll make it. What if, or I will fail. That shouldn't be your concern if you're dealing with the God of promise. Hallelujah. He's a God that he has declared you a winner before you even take the step. Let me read 2 Corinthians. Paul wrote this to the Corinthians, and I think it will benefit you. Talking about claiming the promises of God. He said, do we begin again to commend ourselves or need we as some others as some others epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. Verse 3 says that for as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. Amen. So what I read in Jeremiah is simply telling you that you don't have to look for any uh, commandments that will restrict you. The commandment is already in your heart. When you Amen. go wrong, you know it. The Spirit of God is in your heart, convicting Amen. and convincing you all the time. Live a free life. I say, live a free life. You see, this testament comes with a better promise, and these promises are written on our hearts. Look at verse 4. And such trust we have through Christ to God. What? We have this trust through 
We have this trust through who? We have this trust through who? We have this trust through who? So if you see me emphasize Christ, 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 you can't make it without the Christ. Amen. Who is the way, the truth, and the life? Amen. God wants us to always come to a place of understanding what he has said to us. And when we understand what he has said to us, we will always have the strength and the energy to chase after. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, promises raise just our expectation. Minister Jeremy, if I tell you I'm coming to your house, what happens to you? You look forward to me coming. Before I told you that, were you looking forward? No. So at the end of the day, what I'm trying to let you know is the word of God says that the expectation of the righteous shall never be cut off. But how do you get that expectation? It's through knowing the promises of God. Amen. Most of us have been prone to always look at the damaging aspect, the curses. Oh, we are very good and quick to jump to the curses. Oh, you are cursed, you are cursed, you are cursed. The Bible says that curse is any man that hangs on the tree. So Christ dealt with the curse. Amen. So when you get into Christ, you see, all you should be expecting is a covenant of blessing. Amen. As a covenant of blessing. Amen. You are blessed. Why? Because the one with whom you have relationship with is a blessing in itself. Yes. So your life is a blessing. Amen. Look at verse 6. Let me quickly finish. Look, 5 says that, not that we have sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. That, my brother, my sister, should solve your inadequacy problem. Because no one person can be all good enough to be very good at something. And you see, that's the ticket God gave you to make it in this life. What you're good at. What are you good at? He's promised you that you can do all things through the Christ in you that energizes and strengthens you. He's promised you that. You don't know. You're looking for destiny helpers. And to those destiny helpers have not somebody to help them, they won't help you. Mm-hmm. Keep doing what God has called you to do. And God will not come from heaven. He will choose a person whose heart is needed with his heart, who knows what you need to help you. Can you write that down for me? God will choose somebody whose heart is needed within God. Because the deception most of us have, thinking that somebody is waiting to come and help us succeed, is an erroneous impression. It's a, it's a wrong idea. Why is it a wrong idea? Human beings, by their natural nature, are selfish. They're not out to help anybody. But God can touch somebody's heart whose heart is needed with his heart. And based on that connection, God will direct them to you, whom he has placed that burden on to help you too. How about that? But first, you have to understand that the promises of God are in your name. Amen. God will always make sure that when, before he says something, he's already established it. To you religious people that think that, oh, God is going to give me the fruit of the womb. So now God is going to manufacture a baby and put it in my room. The devil is alive. He's already established a principle for his children. He says, children are what? Are what? 
If you follow the promise of God, it sounds interesting, but you can leave your head in here before you go to heaven. Oh, yes. Yes. No, no, you can't. It's biblical. You see, they don't teach you that because they want to manipulate you. If there's any heaven we're going to, it should start right here. Why would you suffer before we go and walk on the streets of Rome? I told somebody, all the cars, expensive and beautiful cars, were created for human beings. Are you a human being? If you want to buy a Rose Rolls and you can afford it, buy it. If you can buy a Bentley, you can afford it, buy it. You see, the difference between the Rolls Royce and the Bentley is they fitted it so well so that you feel safe driving it. It's even more comfortable than Corolla S. <laughs> yes, they all take you to the same destination, but the comfort is different. See, don't stress yourself if Corolla is what you can afford now. Mm-hmm. Because I want to balance it for you. Some of you are Corolla level wants to go BMW. No, you can't maintain BMW. The blessings of God have grades. Just as the grace of God have grades. The higher you go, the bigger you can get, and the better you can do. So map out your own improvement. The younger brother said, No, these are all there for me. Why should I wait? You see, his understanding was right, but his approach was wrong. Mm-hmm. Most believers are in the house of God, they're having the same challenges. They are like the prodigal son, they are requesting what they can't manage right now and pushing God to give it to them. Then when they get it, they realize they got it at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. I'll continue this week, so I won't go into details. If this message has blessed you, please subscribe. Share our messages, let people patronize because our passion is to educate, motivate, empower, equip you to become a full man or woman of God. The Bible says that what you should what study to show yourself approved unto God, not unto men, a workman that not need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's why we bring you a lot of scriptures to help you to see the light. In the light, you will see light. We don't do too much gifts because we're sick and tired of religious rhetorics that people throw out there. If you fast and pray this year, your life is tight because you don't pay tight. They are all lies. (laughs) Your life is tight because you don't know the promises of God. That makes you free to live the life of God. Mm. Tithe and offering are principles too. So if you know God and you have a relationship with God, I will come and force you to pay tithe. You know why? Because a child knows what the father needs. God bless you. Again, this is Regional Connection. We'll see you next week. Mm. Bye. Bye.